This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning to you, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Why don't you get a little closer to your microphone? You've all so- right, I will do that. Okay, good. And we uh, we're gonna you know clear all the lines. If you want to call uh, Teresa and uh, ask her a question, a lawn or garden question, or send uh, a text if that's easier, six five one four six one nine two two six. And I'm looking and hearing the uh, forecast, Teresa, with sixty five degrees or near it, both today and tomorrow. Uh, and I was thinking here, I went ahead and shut off my outdoor faucets because, well, you know, it's November. But and Denny, the lawn has, the garden, the round, the round hasn't frozen. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> so I have a feeling I'll be cranking them back on and, uh, and soaking those shrubs and, you know, get some deep, uh, deep water in there, right? That's correct. Uh, Anytime the ground isn't frozen, the plant, the roots are still growing. So, yeah, you know, we may have uh, overnight freezes where it could crack the hose if it was filled with water. But you still need to think, how can I get water to my plants if we're not getting rain from nature or that snow that then melts nicely into the ground, into the soil? We have to keep that soil moist. Dry soil, once it freezes, that frost can go really, 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 really deep because there's not a lot of, of uh, material in there to hold, the, to, to slow down the cold. But if it's nice, damp soil, the frost doesn't go down as deep because there's, so there's so much that has to absorb that coldness that the frost goes down a lot less deep. So you have a lot less plant damage, root damage just from that. Plus, the plants need to go into winter with as much uh, nutrients and moisture in the roots as they, as they need so that they can come out of dormancy okay in the spring. You know what we're going to do, Teresa? I think we may be having a little technical issues with uh, either your computer or mic or whatever the case may be. It's pretty low level. So... Does, does this sound any better? Oh, yes. Now, okay, okay. Now you're there's, right next door. Very good. Okay, there's like 15 different choices I can choose on my computer. It's like, okay, now I know which one works the best. Okay, okay now the next uh, order of business is to put that little uh, windscreen back on. I'll put the little on. thing back on. <laughs> no, now we're There's perfect, nothing right? like live radio. There's nothing like live radio. Does that sound better for everybody? Much better. Thank you. Perfect. Now we've got the combination going. Now we do. There's nothing like live radio. I love it. (gasps) All right. Uh, Again, 651-461-9226. Now, is this this warmer weather going to be confusing our uh, shrubs and plants, et cetera? What, What do you think? 
you know, it probably confuses people more than the shrubs yeah. because it's it's going to be such a short blast. It's only going to be a week or so, and and you know, a day or so, five days doesn't really confuse them that much. They were more confused with our long hot summer and then the cool down and. Then they started to bloom again because they thought maybe it was spring again. It's just a little confusing when it goes on for weeks and weeks. But a quick little change probably won't confuse them much. It just confuses us. Okay. Here's a little uh, something uh, kind of like a public service announcement that just came in via the text, Teresa. It says, good morning, Denny. Teresa, want to let you know that the U of M Extension Washington County Master Gardener Volunteers are hosting a garden market, quote, where nature, creativity, and sustainability meet. It's today from 10 to 2 at the Bayport Library in Bayport. And, uh, yeah, so great. Well, thank you for that. So you have time to listen to Smart Garden, and then you can get ready and go. And you know what else you can do? Because I know you're a pet lover. I'm a pet lover. Yes. That we will be uh, having a Ask the Vet show at 10 this morning. Our friend, Dr. Gene Geske, who's been uh, helping us out here in CCO over the years from time to time, especially with Steve Thompson. Uh, and uh, that's going to be in the 10 o'clock hour. So if you want to ask the vet a question, that's uh, that's the time to do it. We'll talk more about it. that's the time it. to say, hey, should I be growing daylilies if I have dogs or, oh, or really? things? You know. What about those Easter lilies and my kitty cat? Both of those are no-nos, by the way. I like the way you work that uh, smart garden into the <laughs> vet show. So that'll be at 10 o'clock. We'll remind And don't forget to set your clocks back an hour, right? Thank you. I, I was going to look up when that was happening. That's I've tonight. I saw it a touch lately. That Oh, good. I get to sleep longer. How oh, good. Here's another question for you, Teresa. Can I cut back peonies? Once, once the peony has died to the ground or been hit by frost, go ahead and cut it back. You know, if, if you're going to get hit by frost in the next day or two, go ahead and cut it back. But you do want to clean up your peonies. You'll get rid of a lot of diseases that way. Um, and clean that out with your eye, bearded irises. I would do the same thing just so you don't have some diseases and issues there. Other plants, once they get hit by frost, your perennials, you have an option of, sta- of leaving them standing or cutting them back just a little and leaving some hollow stems for our wintering, our overwintering native bees to handle, to hide in, or to lay their eggs in. Or you can cut them down to the ground. Um, but I'm, if you can think of your plant, if it's still photosynthesizing, it's still bringing energy into the roots, and if you can, leave it up as long as you can. All right, excellent. Here's our phone number. It's also our text number for your lawn and garden question for Teresa, 651-461-9226. Let's go to the phones, Teresa. Patty calling in this morning from St. Paul, I believe. Patty, thank you. What is your question for Teresa? My question is, can I cut the dogwoods back? Uh, if you want, if you need to, um, say you're going to take some of it for decoration for pot. Uh, if you want, if you need to, um, say you're going to take some of it for decoration for pots or anything like that, you can cut them back. Otherwise, it would be best if you can wait to cut back your shrubs until the ground has frozen and they've become dormant. Um, it, it would be better to cut them back in the spring. But if you need to cut them back or you want to cut them back in late fall, early winter, wait till they've become totally dormant. They've lost all their leaves. The ground has frozen or nearly frozen. Then you can go ahead and cut them back. Or you can put up protection from bunnies because the bunnies love dogwood. Oh, they do. 
Yeah, they love pretty much everything. Pretty much everything, yeah, like some of the deer. All yeah, right. I like the deer. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let us do. I know it's 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 time for a break, so let's invite our listeners. You know we tend to get busy. Teresa certainly knows this, too, and our regular listeners do as well. Any kind of a lawn or garden question, you can send it to us via text now or, or uh, call uh, and chat with Teresa, 651-461-9226. Again, don't forget, turn your clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. Still 47 degrees, heading for 65 here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCO Radio every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, this morning, we welcome and thank uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney for helping our listeners out this morning, either by phone or by text, as usual. Here's the number for either, 651-461-9226. All right, Teresa, I'll tell you what, let's grab a phone call before we pick up on more text messages. Uh, Jacqueline is calling in from uh, Minneapolis this morning. Jacqueline, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about raspberry bushes. They've been chewed down the past two winters by rabbits. And so this fall, I want to fence them. I have a piece of two-foot fencing, and I also have some four-foot. Is two-foot adequate to keep rabbits out of raspberries, or should I use Uh, the higher four-foot? Jacqueline, if you have deer, I would use the four-foot. If you just have rabbits, two-foot should work. And a little trick I learned from another um, gardener out there was if we start to get a taller snow, just go around and stamp down right outside the fence so that the snowpack is now back down to, you know, six inches, two inches. Then the rabbits can't jump over. And then actually once the, the fencing, you know, everything's covered by snow and it gets up to two feet of snow, who knows how much we're going to get. Uh, it probably will be protected, or at least they'll only be going down, you know, anything that was above two feet. But if you if you really want to protect everything, four foot would be fantastic. Two will work also. Teresa, here's a similar question that came in via text. It says, we have burning bushes about five feet high that the rabbits like to munch on in the winter. They're too big to wrap the whole plant. How high up and how should we wrap or protect them? Same uh, advice? Same advice. I would just use chicken wire or hardware cloth and just make a big fence around the whole area so the rabbits can't get in. That will also keep out a lot of the voles and everything else. Um, If you have deer again, go up as far as you possibly can. If it's trees, go up to the first limb if you possibly can, depending upon how big your trees are. And now is a really great time to put that fencing in, to put your protection in to put the, the white um, covers over the tree bar trees for the young trees if you have it. Remember to cut those things in half so that they're two half cylinders that you um, tape back together again. They're a lot easier to get on and off again. Um, you can duct tape the color coordinate, the duct tape to your holiday decorations if you want. And also then um, consider protecting your, your things that come up early in the spring that the bunnies always get. Go ahead and put your chicken wire fencing around the lilies or the tulips or or whatever you happen to have that the bunnies always get to because they're out there 24-7. They know when those little things come up out of the ground, and they nibble them down before you ever see them. This texter says this, Teresa, still fighting leaves uh, falling from the trees. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, what Their question is, what day this week in the Twin Cities would be best day for dormant seating? Now, uh, I would obviously, say none. 
none. It, it's still too warm. Too the warm. soil has not chilled down much at all. Yeah. Uh, it, that that's my my opinion. It's just it, the soil is just. If you start putting it down now, and we get some warm weather, that could start. Even though some of the grasses take twenty eight days to germinate, but some only take three. And you start putting it down, and we get warm weather. Those those three day germinations could come up, and, and it's just too warm yet. The university does have a great uh, our little article, little article, a nice article on the Yard and Garden News about dormant seeding lawns and bee lawns. So I would definitely go in there, and they'll give you some really nitty gritty information about, you know, you need to make sure that there's good seed to soil contact. You want to make sure that the ground's just about going into freezing or has frozen, and then. All of that will help the seed over winter or seed just before we get that snowfall. That's going to be the one that stays. Uh, that website is uh, so great. Uh, whether it you're is. a master gardener like Teresa or a beginning gardener, it's extension. great reading, extension.umn.edu. And we'll mention that again before yep. mm-hmm. the show is over. Uh, here's an interesting uh, question maybe you can respond to. Why is it that so many trees are still holding their foliage? I'm imagining... It's for the same reason that the trees are shocked and somehow um, changed. Uh, weather forecasters supposedly in the know said that with this year's drought conditions, we would have an early and quick color change and loss of leaves. I drive for a living, Texer says, mm-hmm. and see a large portion of the West Metro area as well as travel up north. And what I'm witnessing is contradictive to those those estimates. Can you right. comment on and, that? And I, I will. Uh, the, those comments were totally accurate at, if we were going through a normal fall, if we would have gotten those heavy frosts, those those killing frosts in, in mid to late September or even into mid-October. That's usually when we normally have our, our first or, or final frost, you know, that, that's the one that does do all the killing frost. We really haven't had that in the metro. I still have plants growing out there. The trees have neat indicators, and one of the indicators is the, the cold, the, the frosts, and that also helps to, to dry up some and, and stop some of the production so then the leaves can, leaves can senance or fall off, and they, they break their little connection. But the trees haven't been getting, giving that indication yet. That's why some of them are like, well, maybe I'll drop my leaves, and some of them are like, well, we're going to hold the leaves, and the oaks are saying, well, I'm going to hold my leaves till February anyway, no matter what happens. It's, so that's why we're just seeing this really prolonged leaf drop. Nothing's yeah. happening because the temperatures have been so mild. This listener uh, bought a um, new magnolia tree uh, from the U of M extension sale at the Arboretum, but wants to know how do I protect it from winter rabbits, things like that. That would be that's a really good thing to do. Just make a little tunnel of hardware cloth or chicken wire and set it out around. Um, if it's hardware cloth, you can you can do that within like two or three inches of the trunk. Chicken wire, I'd probably put it back a little bit further because sometimes bunnies can move that chicken wire closer and nibble on little bits and pieces. They still won't be able to girdle it. But that's a really good thing. Protect all your young trees that you've planted this year. You put a lot of time and effort into growing them and planting them and getting them through this drought. Um, let's protect them from the bunnies too. Here's the phone number. It's also the text number, whatever is easier for you uh, to get in touch with Teresa, 651-461-9226. Can ground roses be cut off now? Um, I'm assuming they need the low-growing roses, uh, the perennial shrub. 
I would wait until spring to trim those back or at least wait until they've gone dormant and then do some trimming. Uh, if possible, leave, leave your shrubs up for the winter as long as you can. Um, it just gives them a little more protection. They can grab leaves, protect their crowns, and it gives your garden some winter interest, which we may or may not need depending upon snowfall this year. Okay. By the way, uh, the forecasters are saying by the end of the week, our daytime high is going to be near 38 with a chance of rain and snow. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I uh, did hear that we had a possibility <laughs> of a storm coming in or some snow about 10, 10, week, 10 days out. So We'll keep you posted for sure. Uh, this spring, Texter says, I planted a mini rose plant outside, which grew beautifully. Can I leave it outside over the winter? And if so, do I need to cover it? I, I would definitely think about covering it. It's probably not winter hardy. If you can get some research done on what it is and what zone it is, it will tell you. If it's zone, if you're in the cities here and it's zone four or three, that's okay. If it's a five or six or seven, that's not going to be hardy for a winter. And even a Minnesota tip method wouldn't help it. Even coning it wouldn't help it probably. So then I would pull it up. So if you can research what, what the name of it was, and then go back and do some research and figure out what zone it is. That will give you an idea um, if you do want to. But probably those little ones, I grew little ones for a little while, and I would usually give them some extra protection once the ground started freezing. Okay. But they were zone 4 hardy. Zone 4. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We need to uh, take a break and look at that forecast. We'll see exactly, specifically, what this week is going to be bringing weather-wise. Again, don't forget to turn your clocks back one hour. Fall ahead. Fall back. You're going to get an extra hour of sleep overnight tonight. We'll be back with about another half hour of the Smart Garden Show. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions. Either by phone or by text, it's the same number for whatever is easier for you to get in touch. 651-461-9226. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of them. Uh, you know, I was thinking, too, we mentioned a bit ago about one of the texters did about the Arboretum. What a beautiful weekend to get there with this weather. It would weather. be a great weekend to get out to the Arboretum and see the, the colors that are still out there and just get some nice fresh air and wander around. Look at what those trees look like when they've lost their leaves and you know, what What does everything look like? And, hey, how does the Arboretum handle the winter stuff? Are they cutting everything back? You know, that would be some good some good information you could get out there. You know, during the break, Daddy, I, my mind wanders. And I was over at the university website, and I came upon an article for um, the top ten flowers of the annual flower trial up in Morris. So if you're thinking of what could be cool for next year, you could look up and already be thinking about what to plant annual flowers for next year. Ooh, and what's that called again on the website? It's called Think 2022 uh, Top 10 Annual Flowers, and it's in the Yard and Garden News. Excellent. Um, extension.umn.edu. So, see, I, I kind of wander. And well, that's good. It's good information. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, that's good. Might and do they're that. pretty pictures. <laughs> I think a lot of people will be doing that this afternoon for sure. <laughs> All right, here's a uh, text to that says, I grew pumpkins this year. I had issues with little yellow bugs early in the season, then a gray bug later in the season. The gray bugs covered many pumpkins. What is that bug? How do I treat to prevent them? Those sound like squash squash bugs. Um, They're just nasty little things. Uh, Yeah, so what you can do is early in the season, um, before it starts to flower, 
You can cover up your, your squash plants with a floating row cover, and that prevents them from laying their eggs. Once the flowers start to come out, you do have to pull back that row cover because you have to let the bees pollinate. But then just keep looking under the leaves, and you'll see little yellow eggs on there. You just squish those little le- yellow eggs. Um, if you want to wear gloves, you can do that. Otherwise, some of us master gardeners are pretty bloodthirsty. We just <laughs> squish, squish, squish because we know what we're doing. And uh, that's the easiest way p- to prevent them uh, rather than trying to get them once they're, once they're there. That's the easiest way and, and fastest and, and cheapest way for you. Okay. Very good. Squash bugs. Squash, squash bugs. bugs. Yeah, literally little gray bugs that get over everything. Mm-hmm. And they're it, not that little. They're kind of oh, big. Oh, are they? Yeah. They're not little, little. I, they're, to me, they're kind of big. Hmm. All right. I mean, they're not the size of Godzilla or anything, so you don't have to. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. Well, we've learned you master gardeners are tough. You get right in there. <laughs> you know, you think a gardener is just sweet, sweet, per- kind, gentle person. Oh, no, we can be pretty rude. Well, you're all of that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Laura is calling in from Anoka this morning. Laura, thank you. What is your question, Laura, for, uh, for Teresa Rooney? In dormant seeding, if the ground is frozen, how do you get good seed-to-soil contact? That's an excellent question. What is that lady talking about? She's insane. You just want to make sure that the seed is actually sitting on the soil. Uh, You can't really press it in because obviously the soil is frozen. But you want to make sure that the seed has as much contact with the soil as you possibly can, rather than, say, sitting on top of grass blades or something like that. If it's sitting on top of grass blades, it probably won't ever get down to the soil to, 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 um, to start to germinate. And with the freezing and the thawing of the soil, that actually helps break up the seed coat and helps, actually helps bring the seed down a little bit into the soil so it can get good, good contact, good roots growing. But if it's sitting in the air, that's not gonna, it's not going to work. So you just want it on the ground. Okay. Here's one that says, my Boston ferns look absolutely beautiful this year. Any way I can overwinter them. Last year, I tried cutting them back and watering once a month while keeping them in a dark area in my basement. That didn't work. Any other ideas? I really hate putting them in the mulch pile every year. Oh, the Boston ferns are so beautiful. Grow them as a houseplant. We used to grow them as houseplants all the time before we would bring them out out in the uh, yards. They are, you know, tropical plants. So just clean off the pots really well, get all the leaves and debris out of the soil, give, um, give them a good shower before you bring them in, clean the pots, the, all the little saucers and everything, bring them into your house, keep them segregated from the rest of your plants for about two weeks just to make sure no little critters and bugs came in, and then go ahead and put them in your dining room, your living room, bedrooms, wherever you have some nice light that'll come in. They don't need the brightest light in the world. They'll do okay with just a, a, a nice window light. They should be just fine. Grow them as a houseplant. And our, um, the website will have some good information about growing on Boston ferns. Okay, extension.umn.edu. Extension.umn.edu. Yep. Is this a good time for hydro-seeding our drought-damaged lawns? I would say you, you know, talk with the person you're, you're going with with the hydro-seeding. Um, Who's ever going to do it? They'll they'll be the best judge. I don't know all the chemicals and all the uh, the uh, protection they use, all the little the little blue stuff that they use in there. I don't know how that responds. And if they can seed once it's so frozen cold on the ground, 
I'm assuming they will need to be doing dormant seeding also, so you'd want to wait a little bit till the ground's closer to being frozen. Okay. But but check with your supplier. They will have the best recommendation, and then they have the um, where they guarantee it, and then if they do it wrong, they have to fix it. Good point. Uh, here's our phone number. It's also our text number for Teresa, 651-461-9226. Here's one that says, uh, do, you, do you cut back Russian sage or leave standing over the winter? It gets covered by snowdrifts, so there's no, quote, winter interest there. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and cut it back a little bit if you want. Once it's gone dormant, maybe cut it back to 16, 18 inches. That will give it a little height because lots of times it can survive it. Lots of times it'll die to the ground, but not always. Sometimes you can come back and those 16 to 18 inches may leaf out for you. So you can have even a more lush, beautiful plant going into the winter or into the into the summer next year. Uh, I always used to like it when I would be shoveling the snow and I'd throw it against the Russian sage and I could smell that sagey smell that it has. It just would take me back to summer, even though I'm dealing with a blizzard. That's right there. <laughs> so it was just kind of that juxtaposition. It was kind of fun. But um, Yeah, go ahead. If it's going to be just covered by a snowbank, uh, go ahead and cut it down by 16, 18 inches. If you need to cut it all the way to the ground, that's okay, too. But do wait until it's gone dormant. All right. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Tina's calling in from Osseo this morning. Tina, good morning. You're on with Teresa. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. So yeah. my question is, my daughter had bought me a an African violet. And I know, I don't know, my grandmother did a really good job growing them. But when she bought it for me, it seemed to die but then came back. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing little white spots on the leaves. And I oh, don't that's... know if that's a fungus or what. I'm guessing it could be an insect. It could be a fungus, but it could be an insect. Um, I would try to see um, if it is the little the little insect, which just ran out of my mind. Um, oh, golly, I hate when this happens. But I would go to the Extension website and look at the African violets. We also do have a Minnesota African Violet Society page, uh, Society, so you want to look at their website, too. They would give you some good information. Uh, remember always to not get the leaves wet. That will help. You feed it from or you water from the bottom up or water only on the soil. Never let it get waterlogged. Never let it get too dry. Um, they don't need a super bright light. Um, and, yeah, our parents and grandparents grew African violets like weeds in our homes. So, <laughs> yeah. Mealybugs, that's the word I'm looking Mealy for. Mealybugs. It finally came to my brain. They came back into my brain now. So it could be mealybugs or it could be some water, some water spots or, or a fungal. It would depend on what it looks like. If you can't get find any good information, go ahead and take some good pictures. Go to extension.umn.edu and look down and find the Ask a Master Gardener connection. And then you can send a Master Gardener some really good pictures, two or three really good pictures, and they'll be able to help diagnose it or at least point you in the right direction for some more resources. All right, very good. Good luck with that, Tina. Teresa, this texture says they have uh, 36-inch spruce trees in their nursery containers that I haven't had time to plant. Should I just mulch the containers or berm around them with soil till next year? Yep, you could do that. Go ahead, do that really well. Give them a good berm, good soil. Make sure you water them really well. 
what you want to do is create enough biomass so that the the plants and everything think they're in the soil and then that soil can hold the frost rather than thawing out with the winter um, sunshine that we get so you want to cover them up cover up the pots as much as you can and then do protect them also because bunnies and i think deer may or may not eat the spruces so you don't want anybody nipping those off okay uh, for flowers, this texture says, Teresa, like zinnias and marigolds that are thriving on the plants and won't dry, how can one obtain some seeds from those flowers? <sighs> Mother Nature is Mother Nature. You just got to go with what she's doing. So you'll have to wait until the flowers actually develop those seeds and that the seeds are ripe enough so that you can harvest them. Um, if they get frost killed before they fl- before they go to seed, that's not going to help you. Um, if you harvest seeds that are too green, they aren't they aren't mature enough, and they will not uh, germinate for you either. So you just need to let Mother Nature do what Mother Nature is doing, and maybe go out there. and This is not university sponsored. Talk to the plants and tell them what you need to let Mother Nature do what Mother Nature is doing, and maybe go out there. and This is not university sponsored. Talk to the plants and tell them what you want. This is not university sponsored. But um, you can. I always think it helps a little bit. But that's just me, not university. Um, but yeah, there's nothing you can do to speed up the germination and or the or the uh, production of seeds. It just depends on what the plant is doing in relation to the weather. So you just have to hope for the best. Good yeah. luck with that. Teresa, hang on. We're going to take a break. Be right back with more of our Smart Garden Show. 45 degrees now in the Twin Cities, heading for near 65. Here in the Twin Cities, again, don't forget to set your clocks back one hour as we lose daylight saving time overnight tonight. 45 in the Twin Cities right now. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis in next hour. And then the 10 o'clock hour, Dr. Gene Geske will be answering uh, your questions. Ask the veterinarian in the 10 o'clock hour. Right now we're talking, as usual, lawns and gardens with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of questions, uh, both by phone and by text. So let's get back to it. Uh, Susan, I think, is calling in from uh, Bloomington this morning. Susan, you're on CCO with Teresa. Oh, thank you. Um, I had um, one morning I woke up and all the the deer had actually eaten all of my geraniums. They'd bitten off all the flowers. And so I, um, I'd never had that problem before with deer. But um, so I went and bought some spray and sprayed all my geraniums. And after that, um, the, the um, leaves were fine, but, and the blooms would come up, but they would never blossom. They just would die. It wasn't, I have no idea. I just was so puzzled as to why um, they would never bloom again after I sprayed them um, because this was supposedly spray that was safe. Um, it probably wasn't the spray, I'm guessing, uh, just as long as it was okay to use on geraniums and it was a deer repellent. That shouldn't have had anything to do with the future blooms because they would be coming up past that. Um, it could You could have had a little insect in there, a little bl- bud bud. Bud, bug, bug, easy for me to say. Anyway, they get inside and they eat all the all the good stuff before it comes out. So that could have been something that sh- that just happened at that time. It was just a one-time thing. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about it, Susan. It shouldn't happen next year. Um, but you can always spray your your area first. 
uh, spray the pots sometimes helps and then the deer are just repelled by the smell on the pots and you don't even have to worry then about getting anything on the plants if that's a fear or a concern of yours but it shouldn't have impacted the plants themselves okay as long as it said you could spray it on plants this texter says this Teresa a landscaper put down grass seed three weeks ago big area one inch high now will it make it or should I clear the leaves and overseed also should we keep watering till uh, everything freezes good questions all right so go ahead keep watering do get those leaves off. You're going to have to either carefully rake. Uh, I don't know if a lawnmower would work. It may pull that grass right out of the ground. I don't know if it's hard enough or if it's rooted in there enough. So do try to get the leaves off as much as you can. But do keep watering until the ground is frozen. Not water constantly, but you want to think that the plants need about an inch or so of water a week. Maybe a little less this time of year because they're not as actively transpiring with their leaves. But uh, you want to keep the soil so that the little roots can keep growing and can keep getting grass big. And then do keep um, the leaves off as much as possible because you want those little, ro- those little seedlings to see as much sunlight as possible so they can photosynthesize as much as they can. Okay. Good luck with your new lawn. This uh, texture says this, Teresa, I planted some miniature roses in our garden this past spring. Can you tell me how to prepare them for winter? Should they be cut back or covered with styrofoam cones? Um, if the roses are zone four hardy, uh, I would possibly cover them with the styrofoam cones. Make sure you take the lids off of the styrofoam cones, fill them up with leaves. The styrofoam can hold a lot of heat in the winter, and you need that top open so that the heat can escape. Otherwise, it can get 80, 90 degrees in there in our winter sun, believe it or not, and uh, it can burn the plants. It can cause them to come out of dormancy, then they start growing, and then it gets too cold. Um, otherwise, the um, the paper mache cones work a little bit better sometimes, and I think they have holes in them. They don't hold as much heat. Uh, or just cover them with bags of leaves that are loosely filled, uh, so only fill it maybe halfway so they're kind of floppy. Once the ground starts to freeze or has frozen, just plop the bag of leaves over that, and then your leaves are contained, and you can just pull it back, those leaves back in the spring when they come out of dormancy, can keep the leaves there in case there's going to be a heavy frost or a or a hailstorm. You can also then turn those leaves into your compost in the summertime next year or use them as a mulch in your garden or let them become leaf mold. Teresa, a couple of questions about trimming oaks now. Is that is this a good time? I know uh, in the dead of winter is the best, but you know, not with 65 degrees, I presume. Yeah, not, I would say not with 65. I, I would not be touching oaks or elms or or even my fruit trees, um, you know, and if you have to, if there's some branch that you just have to remove, um, you do the cut as you're supposed to do, and then I would probably put down um, a wound, uh, a wound uh, sealer uh, on that one, and you can find those in the garden centers, a pruner sealer. Uh, I would put that on, and you only have like 15 minutes because insects could be attracted uh, to that area, and then they could bring oak wilt into your tree. So, you know, consider, is it just because of an aesthetic reason? Do you want to take the chance to kill your tree with oak wilt? Or can you wait till the winter time and then do it out there when, when the ground has frozen and there's no chance of insects? Okay. January, February is much better for that. Very good. How do I overwinter my geraniums is the next question. Oh, the university has some great information on that extension.umn.edu. But you have some options. Cut it back, bring it in the house, treat it as a house plant. 
uh, just pull it out of the pot, shake off some of the soil, throw it in a paper bag, and put it in a cool basement. Check on it once a month. Make sure it's not moldy. Make sure it's not too dry. Um, it'll be just kind of dormant then. You can also just cut it back in the pot and put it in a cool, dark place and maybe give it a little bit of water a little bit over the winter time, just to keep the, the roots alive. Um, and by cool, I mean like 40 degrees. So if your basement downstairs is finished and you keep it at a toasty 70, that's not going to work. So you need something a little cooler than that. But you have a lot of options to do it. Or you can even just take a cutting, some cuttings off of your geraniums and root them out and start them as ho small house plants so you don't have such a big plant to deal with. But if you save your big plant, you'll have a bigger plant next year to start with. A couple of minutes to go, Teresa, and I've never seen this before. We have three almost identical text questions. <laughs> they, all, they all ask, well, let me do this other one first. Can I still aerate my lawn? Sure. I would think this week would be a good week, yep. maybe the final be. one. Yep. Uh, and what about dormant seeding? Explain, uh, if you would, if this is a good time, maybe a good week to do that. We have two minutes. Okay. Dormant seeding, what you want to do is you want to put the seed down, but you don't want it to germinate. So if the ground's still warm or not frozen, that could possibly germinate. So that's what you want to do. You want to cut your grass a little bit short, wait till the ground's frozen or nearly frozen, then put your dormant seed down, and then I'd probably uh, tap it down with a rake or, or, the, or your feet to make sure that seed is really in good contact with the soil. Um, it should be on nice damp soil when it's going in or just before a winter storm. You know, that those, sto those heavy snows that we're going to get where, you know, this is the snow that's going to start it all. Nothing else is going to grow after this. So you can dormant seed just, just then, too. That would be good, and the snow will keep it covered from the birds. If you put it down too early, the migrating birds will eat it, the mice will eat it, the, um, the vole, everybody will eat it, and also it could germinate and it could die. So just that's dormant seeding, and we have some good information on the website, extension.umn.edu. I was just going to ask you that, extension.umn.edu. Very good. Teresa, always a pleasure. Thanks for, for your help so much, and we'll talk soon, huh? We'll talk soon. Have a good day, everyone. You, thank you very much. Master Bye -bye. Gardener Teresa Rooney here on 830WCCO. Now, coming up next hour, as I mentioned a bit ago, get those uh, home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis uh, from Lindis Construction will be uh, joining us back after a couple of weeks of absence. And then in the 10 o'clock hour, if you have pets at home and you've always wanted to ask a veterinarian this question or that question, we're going to let you do that very thing. Dr. Jean Geske, our friend and who's helped us out here on CCO for, for many years, is going to be joining us in the 10 o'clock hour, answering your questions by phone and by text about your pets. So get those questions ready for the 10 o'clock hour. In the meantime, get the home improvement questions ready. Sunshine today, highs both today and tomorrow are going to be near 65, maybe 58 by Monday, maybe a chance of showers Veterans Day. And then Friday, hope you enjoy the weekend, we'll get up to maybe 38 degrees. Right now, here in the Twin Cities, southwest winds at 880% humidity, fair skies and 45 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.